When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. So we're going to go all the way down to Southland and we're going to catch up with Robert Dennis, who is part of the Dennis dynasty of, of the lower part of New Zealand. They have just dominated the training ranks, the breeding ranks as well of the thoroughbred industry for a long time down there. It's great to catch up with him. He's a good man and he's going to talk to us about a couple of his runners Talk to us about his stable. We've got on the line now, Robert Dennis. Good morning there, Rob. You good? Yeah, good, boys. How are you? Well, we're pretty excited to have you on the show because we know you've got a couple of runners today and we're a little bit light in the pocket from yesterday, my friend. So can you steer us into one? Uh, yeah, well, look, I don't come all the way up to Rickland for no reason. Um, so I'd like to think I've bought two <laughs> decent chances. Yes. The gift. Beautiful. The gift, mate. The, the gift. How's that? How's the gift tracking? I had a wee look at the gift today. It's paid six fifty, and you spoke about it. You don't come all this way for nothing. How's the gift's preparations been? And and uh, you you expecting a good race from the gift? Oh, well, I see she opened at nine dollars. So I think there's a few people oh. out there expecting a good race from her. Um, look, she's she raced only eight days ago, um, but she did this last season as well, backed up eight days middle day a cup week and she won um she looks to have come through a run really well and i would say her her last field she was up against was an open handicap she carried half a kilo more and i think it was a stronger field so um the only sticky part could be her barrier draw uh, she's out in 14 but like christian madu rides her and he knows her well um she usually presses forward and hopefully she'll be out of trouble from that barrier anyway so um yeah i'm, I'm hoping for a good run 650 sounds pretty good money every time you line them up mate they're always there or thereabouts aren't they i guess that's the 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 nature of being able to have a slightly smaller stable as well and pay real attention to each horse how many have you got in the stable uh there's about 15 or 16 has has been the max this season um and yeah as you say it's yeah hands-on attention to um to each individual horse um you get to know each one and their characteristics and and notice when they're, they, you know, one or two percent off, hopefully, and, and can improve 
on those small increments and, and that, whereas bigger stables, those little things may get overlooked. It, just talk to us a little bit as well, like your um, style of training, I guess, um, off the farm rather than sort of some of those bigger stables. Just give us a little bit of an insight into, into how you work. Yep. Uh, so first of all, we usually start with the daylight. Um, so there's no getting up at 3 a.m., 2.30 a.m., Jamie Richards. Um, uh, yeah, start with the daylight. Um, nice, quiet environment. We work them around the paddocks. The only thing they usually have to worry about is, is a few sheep in the paddock next door um, or a few cattle next door, but they get used to that pretty quickly. So they're nice and relaxed in their work and after their work. Uh, there's not, you know, 50 other horses out on the track at, at once with them. Uh, then they come in, finish their work, and then they get about two, three, four hours, depending on the weather, out in their own grass paddock each day. Um, after a race, they, they get plenty of grass into them too, which I think is really important. It helps their guts and, and helps them uh, keep eating after a race and recover well. Hey, uh, Rob Ricardo here, mate. The boys have just uh, gone offline for a moment. I can't hear you, so uh, I'll, I'm just going to pick it up for a moment here. Um, Nick, you've uh, you've had you've had a great run recently. I know you you, you did well at Wingatui recently. You've trained three winners at uh, at a meet three different times in your uh, in your training career, mate. What's uh, when you approach a meet like that that you're so successful at? What what's the secret to that? And how how do you how do you prepare when you've got so many different horses to look after? Oh, uh, look, well, that, that's happened. Yeah, three times as you say now. It's all happened in the all three times it's happened in the spring. Um, so those plans, you know, those races are generally targeted way back in June, July, August when those horses come into work. Um, and especially when the stake money's up, like big days, Melbourne Cup Day this week, I really put a, a ring around those meetings because it's pretty important to get a return to the owners. Um, so, yeah, target the better stake money and, and pick out some good races is usually the plan. Hey mate, uh, it's Izzy here. I just want to ask you a question. What what's your aspirations as a trainer? What what's the ultimate goal uh, for you? What does the future look like for Rob Dennis? Oh, that's a great question. You know, when I was a little bit younger, I kind of wanted to be a Chris Waller and be really big and and have lots of horses and lots of owners and win lots of races. Um, but <laughs> I mean, the smaller size stable seems to be working well for me. Um, I really would have, would like to train for some high-profile owners. Unfortunately, I had to turn one down that you know just a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, you know, that that, was, that would have been pretty cool. And I, I do train already for a few high-profile owners, which for a young guy like me, um, is, yeah, pretty exciting to, to get them on board and, and have them show a bit of trust in me and faith in me. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean... I've got over 150 owners, and at this stage, it's just to keep winning races. Um, target mm. black type, the gifts in a group three today, get a good return to the owners, and, I mean, they have a they get a massive thrill out of winning races. And, yeah, we've, we've been winning our fair share lately, so it's been going well. well you're just going to have to persevere with me for just a little second here, team. I'm going to tell you a bit of a story about what Robert Dennis can do to uh, a racehorse as well. So I had a horse which had had 17 starts. It had run second seven times. I had paid $100,000 for it, sold it for $14,000. It went south down to Rob's stable. Did it win its first start? <laughs> Didn't win its first start, did it? It won its second start. Yeah, she ran second for a start, uh, beaten by a good horse called Lightning Jack. 
Yeah. And then how many races did you end up winning with out of the park was what the horse was called? Yeah, uh, seven starts for four wins, including a track record at Wingatui <laughs> and a group three breeders' stakes at Rickerton. <laughs> there you go. So, so I turned 100 into 14 real quick. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Rob turned 14 into probably about 200 just as quick. So, yeah, so if you want to, if you want to, if you want to find a way to improve a horse, send it down to Rob down there in Southland. But you can't get in at the moment. Trying to get one to him at the moment, but nah, stable's full, he said. The shop, the shop window's full. But what, any aspirations, mate, to, um, to increase the size of your stable? And, and what, are the, what are the challenges why you can't? Oh, look, staff is number one. Um, I know it's hard all over the country, but it's particularly hard right down there in Southland. Um, you know, good good riders are few and far between and I can understand as well why it's not an attractive industry to a lot of people. It, it can be long hours and it can be hard work and it can also be very rewarding. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a, a big issue and I mean, to be honest, I think we, we're getting a little bit forgotten about down in South and in Otago as well um, with the, the recent reforms and, and I think there's going to be more coming um, so it's getting, you know, we're facing a few more headwinds. Things are getting a little bit more challenging. Um, so in terms of building some more infrastructure and that kind of thing, I almost can't justify it at this stage uh, without some guarantees on the future down there. How do you get that over the line, mate? How do we guarantee and, and sort out that future? What what needs to happen for, for you, Rob? Well, I guess the... Um, you know, they've, they've got to give us a bit more confidence. That, uh, I'm here at Rickerton now. They've just put the synthetic track in here and they're going to start racing on it soon. Um, and, I mean, really what they want a guy like me to do is to move up here to Rickerton and train from here. Um, but look, I, both, most of my owners are based in Southland, um, you know, well over 100. And they love it down there. They love being able to go and watch their horses. Um, and, yeah, as I say, I've been turning, turning more down lately. Um so there is plenty of enthusiastic people down there and, and plenty of good trainers too. Um, so, yeah, I guess they, they kind of just need to really recognise that and, and, you know, come up with some sort of plan for us to give us some confidence mm. going forward in the future. Yeah, nice, mate. Well, make sure you um, free up a spot about March next year, maybe maybe April. I mean, April I might buy a horse and sounds like you're the man to go to, so I'll send one down your way, Rob. Hey, mate, uh, just quickly before we let you go, we got a text message on the on the text line from Pac-Man. He asked us about the Chosen One. Any update after the Melbourne Cup on the Chosen One? Uh, all basically. I know is, yeah, he went, he went really well again. Um, you know, no man speaks to run in three Melbourne Cups in a row. Um, all I know is yeah. he was he was back in New Zealand either a day or two after the race. Um, yeah, that's out of out of my realm a bit. I'm concentrating on on my group of horses and and that. Yeah, just flick the TV on when he's racing and have a look. But that's up to Murray and Andrew, not me. Yeah. <laughs> hey mate, um, so you got the ready to run sales uh, almost upon us, and you've got the yearling sales, which have now been pushed for uh, pushed back to March. Do you go to those kind of sales and and look to look to invest for owners, or, or you sort of you, you kind of wait for the horses to be bred down there and, and passed on to you. Are you looking to go there and unload? Uh, no, look, I've, I've bought um, three or four yearlings the last couple of years now. 
And then I've had clients buy another couple, two, couple of three. Um, the ones I've bought, I've syndicated. I bought two at Karaka in January. Um, and when I sent the email out to my existing owners, I think they're all full up, fully syndicated in under 24 hours, both of them. Um, so, yeah, no, I definitely go there and I, I pick the eyes out of them a bit. You know, I've spent a bit of time going around and try and find a good bargain, um, find a nice filly that's going to grow into a good horse with a with a good pedigree and if you can pick up a bit of, a bit of black pipes and make them a valuable proposition. Um, so, you yeah, know, I definitely go to the sales and, and then syndicate them afterwards. So <clears throat> one, one last thing, mate, before we do let you go. Racing's been a part of your family for, for generations now. Like all the horses have as well. What is it which, which is so special to you guys, to your family, about the horse industry? That's a pretty big question, I guess. Um, I, I guess the brothers have been breeders, owners, trainers, and, and I've gained a lot of um, satisfaction out of kind of doing it all themselves, um, you know, getting a mare and foal and then raising that foal, um, training that horse to win a race and, and win a big race. And I mean, it, it is really satisfying to see them through like that. Um, you can't really beat the winning feeling. For me personally, um, yeah, uh, I just love winning races. It's so exciting and it's so satisfying, especially when you get a, a project horse that might have been a bit of bit of a headache or a bit of hard work. Um, or likewise, when you break one in from a young horse and then see it develop and grow and and uh, turn into a, a decent racehorse, it's, it's so satisfying. And, and just seeing the excitement the owners get as well, I mean, um, it almost brings a tear to my eye. Sometimes when you see them at the races after winning a race, they they just love it. Yeah, mate, I got that feeling yesterday watching uh, Ray Green, Ray Green, and copy that when he got interviewed after the Cup win and seeing the emotion in his eyes and and on his face, it was a very special time and something I'd love to be a part of. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Rob, I just want to quickly ask you: Saturday, Saturday, have you got something apart from the gift this today? Something later in the week that you can steer us into? That's your best chance. Uh, I think I'm going to have three line up on a Saturday. Um, I know Bez was on Savazar Saturday, just gone, and she was quite unlucky. Um, and she oh, flew yeah. home. She'll be she'll be coming back up, stepping up to 2,000 metres for the for the Saturday. Um, so look, she seems to have come through a race well. And I see. I'd, I'd like to think she's going to go well again this Saturday. Okay, Savazar. Savazar on Saturday. Awesome, mate. Well, congratulations for having a couple of races today and later in the week. We really appreciate your time. Rob Dennis out of the Southland Stables, mate, doing great things. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can get you on the show again and talk some more horses. Sounds pretty good. Cheers, boys. See you, mate. He was awesome, Bez. Champion. Champion, oh, bloke. Ugh. Pedigree too, mate. Just pedigree in the game. Like He's been around... Horses his entire life, his generations of of, uh, mm. of their family, which are just deeply rooted in, in the in the thoroughbred game, and just a a sound horseman, you know, like just knows what he's doing. He's travelled abroad as well, and 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 sort of um, got some further education just outside of um, his uh, his family down there. And he can improve a horse. I'll give you the tip. And he just that attention to detail, small stable, and his ability to be able to just um, you know, 
assess each horse and, and take care of them. And you can almost hear the pride in his voice as well, that that's mm. what he loves doing. Love being able to take on a project and, and be able to make it work. And yeah, he's a, he's a very, very good trainer, young trainer, but a very good trainer doing great things down there in Southland. And let's hope he gets more opportunity and we see him grow. And for those who follow the horses in, the gift is $6.50 and $2.40. So have a little bit on that. Savazar was an absolute certainty beat the other day, so he'd be backing up on Saturday, so you might be able to follow your money and then and get paid. A man who does know a little bit about the banter on a cricket field, he was, well, he used to be the New Zealand, the Black Caps batting coach. He was and the golf course. A mate. wielder of the willow, as you've written it in here, <laughs> Ricardo, which I quite like, of some repute. He's also a very fine man, a wonderful individual. He's a fellow Spark Sport commentator, and he's playing golf with us in a few days. Well, are you playing today against him as well, I think, is? And it's Craig McMillan. Yep. Good morning, Macca. What an intro. Morning, boys. How's things? <laughs> well, I'm a little bit rough, actually, this morning, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, Mac, as you you know me well enough to understand, yesterday was a big day, cup day. So just got, got the balance of things slightly wrong. But it's great to speak to you, mate, and to talk to you about how the Black Caps are going over and over in uh, the UAE, they've been, it's been a fascinating ride so far. And What are your thoughts on, on uh, how they're going to go in the semi-final? Well, I think they're tracking the right way, Baz. I think they've been really impressive on a number of counts. I think each game they've actually improved and got better. I think um, all their key players have performed at some stage, have found some form. Um, and I think that they're just tracking in the right direction when you're heading into a semi-final. So... I've been pretty impressed with how they've gone. I think the bowling unit's doing a good job. Um, Salby and Bold have been good at the top. Adam Milne's added some extra pace to the attack, and the spinners have done a good job. So all in all, I think they're in good health, and they should be very confident heading into the semi-final against England. Hey, Macca, is he here, mate? <clears throat> Looking forward to having a wee dabble with you today on the golf course, Clearwater. But, um, <laughs> mate, talk to us about England. Well, if you're the Black Caps, how do you attack a game when you're playing against England? What's the plan heading in? Um, you've got fast bowlers, spinners there, would, and the toss hasn't been a real major factor as of late. What would you be your plan of attack to attack an England side that has been pretty impressive throughout this tournament? Morning, as you say, hey, if England are a dangerous side, and they're dangerous because they keep attacking, they keep coming hard at you, mm. they go at one pace, so... They never back off. They keep coming, and that's just the way they play under the captaincy of Owen Morgan, which Baz will know a lot about. I think the key to playing England is that, um, obviously, when they bat, if you can pick up Joss Butler early, um, I think they'll probably throw Bears over the top. He worries me because he plays well against New Zealand and has been very consistent, a uh, bit of a thorn in our side for a number of years. But if you can keep picking up wickets, so in many ways you have to keep attacking England. Um, even though they're going to keep coming hard hard at you, you've got to keep attacking them to put them off stride. And and I think if New Zealand can do that and continue the way they've played in the last two or three games, then they can really, they can upset England and they can put them off um, the game a little bit. Mate, they've been dealt a fair few injuries. Jason Roy's the one as of late. Who's the pressure on? Who's all the pressure on leading into this crucial semi-final for you? Well, I sort of hear about England's injuries, and it's sort of like Crimea River, boys. I mean, we lost Lockie Ferguson at the start of the tournament, who's, you know, our, 
let's be honest, he's our best T20 bowler, and, and we're not mentioning that or talking about that. So, please, cry me a river. You've got a couple of injuries. Um, every team has them during the tournament. But I think it's fair to say, and Baz, you'll probably agree, Jason Roy, losing Jason Roy at the top of the order is big for them because he really does set the momentum um, with the bat at the top. So that's good for New Zealand. Um, the pressure's on England. I mean, the way they've performed um, throughout the tournament, they were certainly one of the favourites going into the tournament, probably with India, top two sides. Um, they obviously lost their last game to South Africa, so... Um, so they're under a little bit of pressure there. So I think New Zealand don't have a lot of pressure on their shoulders, but I just think it's a good match-up. I look at the other semi-final, and I think of the three teams that are in the semis, um, I would rather be playing England than Pakistan or Australia right at this stage. Yeah, mate, I couldn't agree more with you, actually. I think England, with those two injuries, like they have been severely hampered, but it's mainly their firepower at the top of the order. Like They've, they've lost that one guy who can really land a blow on you um, right up the top. One, one question I really wanted to know from you, Mac. Did you see the Daryl Mitchell to the top of the order coming at all before this tournament? No, I didn't, Baz. And sort of looking at the way New Zealand have gone through this tournament, you have to say that they made a couple of big calls already, haven't they? And that was yeah. the first one because I think we all saw Devin Conway at the top with his performances for New Zealand last summer. And, and really, you wouldn't expect there to be any change there because he performed so well. And then you've got a left and right-hand combination, which a lot of sides like as openers, don't they? But um, you have to say that I don't know who made that decision or where it came from, but it was a brave one, and, and so far it's worked pretty well. And then I guess they made the decision to change the balance of leaving Tim Seifert out and bringing in the extra bowler, which I think actually added to the group. So they've made a couple of big calls, and, and I think that's impressive that during the tournament, you know, sometimes you just have to tweak here and there because conditions change against your opposition. You do actually have to be flexible, and New Zealand have done that, which shows, I guess, again, what we know about New Zealand is they're a smart side. And we have to be smart because we don't have the resource and perhaps the firepower that some other sides have. So we just have to be a little bit flexible, and I, I think the captains led well from the front. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracker between these two sides, and it's been a couple of years in waiting, hasn't it, since we last faced off in a white ball match. So um, there's plenty of expectation, I'm sure, from both countries. Yeah, just just on that, mate. So you talk about the smarts of New Zealand and and Kane Williamson as captain as well. It's quite remarkable, the ability to continue to be there or thereabouts in tournament play in these World Cups, whether it's one-day World Cup, T20 World Cup now, even Test Championship. What is it about the New Zealand side, which you mentioned that they're not the most resourced team around the world but they just continue to be able to front up and perform and give themselves a chance. What is it which separates them? Well, I think a lot of work goes on behind the background, and I have to give some credit to the coaching staff there because um, you know they look at everything from every angle. They really do. Um, and I think when I look at some of the other sides, I don't think perhaps they put the time and effort um, in that they need to, to some areas. And conditions are a big thing. We saw at the 2019 World Cup, you know, heading into that World Cup, a lot of teams are scoring 300-plus, and, and the talk was there's going to be big scores. But it actually, with the conditions um, and the time of year at that World Cup, 240, 250 was actually a winning total that you needed to get your head around. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. It gets taken on board by the players. I think they're very resourceful in the way they go about the data that they get given. Um, and for me, Baz, there's no ego. You know, they have that flexibility that 
they, they don't get stuck saying we can only play this way. New Zealand, to me, are the most flexible, um, innovative side in world cricket. And I think they're certainly the most consistent cricket side when you just mentioned the three different formats and the performances at the World Cups and one-day cricket, test cricket, and obviously now T20 cricket as well. I've heard a lot, uh, Mecca, about the conditions and sides have been able to adapt to their conditions a lot better and, and the toss was hugely important heading into this tournament, but I felt as of late hasn't been a big factor. Who out of the t- these last four, who out of these last four are favourites and who has the ability or who has adapted to the conditions the best from your, what you've seen so far? Well, obviously, I think New Zealand have done pretty well at the top of the list there. Is I think one of the good things for New Zealand is they're playing at Abu Dhabi, which is a ground that they know well of. Um, we had some success here a few years back. We beat Pakistan in a test series at that ground. So um, a majority of the players are in the T20 side were on that tour. So it's a ground that they've played quite a bit of cricket at. Um, they know well. They enjoy playing there. Um, there's some a good Kiwi presence um, in Abu Dhabi as well. Um, in terms of the top four, look, um, Australia always worry me. I mean, they were pretty awful at the start mm. of the tournament. But there's just something about Australia. They've got big match players. They've got um, World Cup winners in that side. Um, Pakistan have been impressive, only unbeaten side. But um, if I was picking a final from the four teams that we've got at the moment, I think it could well be a trans-Tasman clash, which I think mm. would be um, <laughs> enticing and exciting for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, oh, mate, I couldn't agree more with you, Macca. Yeah, I've been picking that, haven't I? Is I've been, yeah. I've been saying New Zealand Australia final, um, mate. So what about today? There's, there's obviously a huge game going over, going on over in um, the UAE, but there's another massive game going on today on the links down in Christchurch. How, how's your golfing form, mate? Every Wednesday there is best. It's, um, it's the talk of the week. Um, well, the talk is that some guy who hasn't been there for about two months is apparently coming out with a moon boot thinking that he's going to be good enough <laughs> to rock up and, and take some of the cash <laughs> off the board. So, so everyone's looking forward to seeing, um, seeing that bloke turn up today and seeing what he's got. So, so I get oh, the benefit of being able worry. to see is in his studio, Mac, um, down the line here. And since 6am yeah. this morning, he's had his wedge and he's just been chipping his way around his, his studio. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's ready for you, mate. He's ready to take you on, aren't you? I've got a plan. Well, so I've got a plan. Driver, when I'm driving, I'll use the moon boot. When I'm putting, I take it off. So I'm just on and off, on and off, mate. I've got, I've got a good plan for you, Mecca. I love taking money from you too. Yeah, well, that doesn't happen that often. And to be fair, it's no surprise you've had the wedge tank because... That is the weak part of your game. You drive at 400 and then chip at 30. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, seeing if that's improved over the last couple of weeks. Uh, right. Oh, We're going to get a wash-up tomorrow. I want to I want to know the, the scores tomorrow. Who who took the money off who? It's been great to talk to you, okay. Macca, as always. Incredibly insightful. Good fun. Thanks heaps for joining us, mate, on, on yeah, Baz yeah, and Izzy for breakfast as well. So much appreciated, Mac. Thanks, boys. My pleasure. Oh, that is, is Craig so McMillan, funny. of course, yeah. former Black Cat, former Black Caps batting coach and absolute champion bloke and fellow Spark Sport commentator. He's going to take Izzy's money this afternoon. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. 
Gaz and Izzy are talking cricket, thanks to Rosine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Good morning, Phil. How's the cat this morning? Baz, how are you, mate? Nice to hear your voice, pal. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's fabulous. As soon as you started speaking, I could see Izzy down the line and he just jumped up. He loves your voice. He just gets enthused by it. Izzy, you rip straight into it. I know you've got questions for the cat. Oh, the Go cat. On. The cat. Yeah. How are you, bud? Wow. How you been? We spoke to you a while ago. <laughs> How you been tracking, mate? Give us a row again. I've been, I've, I've been, I've been doing very well. Been doing very, very excited, very excited for tomorrow. And just, I just like to thank you, Baz, as well. I mean, you did show me a wonderful time around your beautiful country. I didn't appreciate getting thrown out of the aeroplane very much, though, or getting slung <laughs> off of that bridge in Queenstown. That wasn't too much fun, oh. but everything else was wonderful. Couldn't have done it with a better fella. Thanks, mate. Oh, mate, I totally agree the other way as well. We had such a good time, and I do apologise for doing we that. Did. It's one of the bravest things I've seen, actually, is you taking on that task of jumping <laughs> off the bridge, doing that bungee jump <laughs> down there at Nevis in Queenstown. Oh, my God, my word. I know. I'm still recovering from it. I tell you, I'm still recovering from it. It was it was terrifying. I think I fainted half the way down. And I, I just, oh, man. But um, it, it was great fun. It was great fun. The golf hasn't improved, though, mate. That's the only trouble. Yeah, no, mine's no good either. I'll tell you what I particularly enjoyed is when we we started making our ma- our way back to Queenstown and we found that little microbrewery just off to the side. We just pulled oh, in and got ourselves beautiful. a little six-pack. Yeah, well, they, glorious, they said it? that the beer tastes better once you've done one of those kind of things, and it, and it kind of does. It <laughs> kind of goes to the parts other beers can't reach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mate, what's going on? Before we talk cricket, what's going on over you, over yeah. there? You you up to much? How's family? How's the Duchess? Yeah, the Duchess is in fine form, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, no, all good, as you say. Just getting ready for tomorrow now, the big semi-final. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. England in great form. Um, I think we're going to break your hearts, but you never know. Oh. We might not. You know what I mean? We could. You might be able to pull a surprise out of somewhere. You know what I mean? We got a couple of injuries and all kind of things going on, but oh. we're, we're a good side. We've got so much depth over here, mate. In the old white ball game, Butler, Bearstow, you know, all these kind of guys smashing it around. Rashid Moeen's bowling well. Jordan, we're just, we're just uh, right up there at the moment, mate. I tell you, we are flying. Mate, you've, you've been ridiculed with injuries. You've come out, you're very, very confident. You, you think England, obviously losing Jason Roy at the top, that's a big loss. Can they get through that? Um, it is a big loss, losing Jason Roy. I mean, I think Bearstow's probably just going to slip up to open and perhaps a Sam Billings or someone coming in the middle order. Uh, James Vince is over there as well. Another fantastic uh, white ball cricketer, won the 100, the new competition that was over here in the summer as well, and mm. captained that very well. So we've got plenty of depth there. The one loss that I am thinking that might might just give you a little sniff is Timal Mills being injured. Mm. Um, fantastic T20 bowler, bowls beautifully at the death, can bowl your 90 mile an hour um, sort of balls that whiz past your nose, and then these great out the back of the hand, slower balls and stuff. I think he is sort of like economy-wise the best 
point to have in your team, I think, you know, at the back end of the uh, of the inning. So his injury will hurt, but I think we've still got just enough. You know, we agree on a lot of things, but we, we might disagree on this because I think we're going to absolutely <laughs> pants your cat. I reckon the boys are going <laughs> to come gonna out and they're going to be too How resourceful. We haven't got enough bowlers. You're a bowler short. Well, no, that's right. We are a bowler short, so there's our David Willie might be popping in. Who knows? Who knows? So we don't, we don't know. I've been keeping me ear to the ground, and I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go with Bearstow and Billings, and then just try and make up those little bits and pieces with the ball. But uh, yeah, it's a re- it's a battle of the the uh, um, our our strength in batting and your strength in the bowling. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's got those those matchups: Bolton Salvi versus Butler and Bearstow. Guptill versus Moen Alley. Will Morgan put Moen Alley the bowl? So he's been bowling beautifully in those power plays. So uh, there's so many little battles going on. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. Can't wait for it tomorrow. I'm going up to the to the BBC and going to be doing the commentary on it. So uh, it's going to be fantastic. Beautiful. Oh, that's the so that's the World Cup semi final. I agree with you around the Bolton Southey challenge for your top order too. It is going to be a fascinating yeah. game and both. Two very very good teams. What about mate? Are you gonna are you coming out to Australia to do the Ashes, or were you doing anything in uh, regards no, to the Ashes? At no, all? no, no, I'm not. We're going to be doing little bits and pieces over here. I think regarding all of that stuff, and, and, and thankfully the world's getting back to normal a little bit now, isn't it, and what have you. But mm. I think the BBC is going to be taking a bit of a sort of a skeleton staff over there, so to speak, um, and. Um, I'm going to be staying back here doing a few bits and pieces as well, sort of from home. But uh, going to be keeping a close eye on it. Hey, Kat. Uh, I've got to ask you a question about Owen Morgan. He's um, He had a pretty slow yeah. IPL, but he's got a few runs as of late. Have you been impressed with how he's been batting as of lately? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually, because as I was doing the, as I was doing the commentary the other day, I called him Moen's Organ. I got it round the wrong way, which was a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> you, these slip-ups do happen on commentary, as you well know, man, oh. when you're on the radio. So, so. I think that's called a spoonerism, isn't it? I got it around the wrong way. But hey-ho, I don't think anyone noticed. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, no, he could do with a few runs for sure. But I think Owen, as you know, Baz, as you know, he's your captain down at uh, Kolkata, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he is, yeah. He did a fabulous job yeah, leading yeah. us. He, he was a bit shy on runs, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. No, well, there you go. So, you know, you, you're always trying. But, um, um, yeah, so he just seems to keep very calm. He keeps everyone focused and together. And, uh, you know, when, when, when it's all flying around out there in T20, you can lose track of things a little bit, as we've seen throughout the competition. But he just has a wonderful way of just marshalling the troops, keeping a lid on everything. And just getting all those matchups right and what have you. He's a big stats man, isn't he? He's got that fella. He's got that fella. What's his name? With all the signs and all the numbers. Nathan Lehman. Nathan Lehman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got. Him. We had yeah, him with Kolkata too. Oh right. Well, I mean, does it work? I'm not sure. I mean, it could be anything he could be putting up there. I don't know, but it seems to be working. And um, he's, uh, yeah, he's a great leader. He's got all the boys sort of singing from their same hymn sheet. They all know where they're going, and he's looking to be a double World Cup winner, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know those yeah. um, those signs. Like he puts them up on the side 
yeah. those that, that aren't sure. He puts them up on the side, like on this um, clipboard sort of thing. First time I saw it, yeah. you know, like over in county cricket, how you've got to put your order in for at the end of the game, at the end of the day, and the, the drinks fella goes out and gets you like, so, so you get a pint of cider or you get your pint of, pint of Guinness or whatever, and the guy brings it in at the end. I was thinking maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's asking Morgs what he wants to have, have a little drink afterwards. Wow, I know. It's like, it's like semaphore or something. I don't know, but it seems to be working for the boys. They've got a good little thing going at the moment. England at the moment, so strong in white ball cricket. I mean, this is the like, this is without the likes of Joffrey Archer, Ben Stokes, and these kind of guys knocking yeah, around true. as well. So we've got, we got it going well at the moment, mate, and, and, and we're enjoying it over here. We're loving the white ball stuff and getting right behind the side. Hey, Kat. Good to ask you. We've had yeah. a fair few questions over the last couple of weeks. How did you get the nickname Cat? <laughs> the cat? The cat? Mm. <laughs> well, there's, been a, there's a few answers to that. There's a few answers to that. Out all night, sleep all day. One of them. Um, I've been <laughs> they say, they've always said I've had nine lives. They've said I've had nine lives. And I've, been caught, and I've also been caught having a wee in next-door neighbour's flower beds a couple of times. <laughs> Which one? Which one do you think? Well, I don't know, mate. You make up your own mind. You've seen most of them, bad mate. You've seen me do most of it. There's a few other ones. There's a few other ones, but um, it's a morning show where you always go. I better keep them to myself. Hey, hey, talking about shows, what about our show on Netflix over there? It's going off, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's brilliant. I've had so much good feedback about it. I mean, listen, it, it was pretty simple, really, just to turn up and have a wander around your place, mate. It was amazing. The food, the wine, the golf courses. I mean, we hacked our way around some of the most beautiful golf courses I've ever seen in my life. The scenery, the views, and everything. Crikey, it was just—it uh, was an absolute joy. So, no, it's going very well over here. Um, th- th- there's a clamour. You've got to come over here, mate. You've got to come over here and do the second series. Yeah. But we'll have to see, eh? Yeah, no, definitely. Where would we go? We'll be making well, our way I down. Well, I was thinking. The... St Andrews and all these kind of places. I'll have to take you to a little oh. bit of history, mate. You know what I mean? And all, perhaps when they play all the opens or something. Yeah, yeah, well, that would be nice, wouldn't it, eh? Yeah, that would be nice. But, um, yeah, no, so who knows, mate, but that's uh, uh, that would be a wonderful trip as well, Go, going up to Scotland and over to Ireland and everything like that. That would be a lovely old spot. Well, once this world gets back to any sort of sense of normality, let's make that one happen and we'll do a, we'll do a, uh, yeah. a second show over there. But it's been a pleasure to talk yeah. to you. Cat, it's an absolute champion, mate. Thank you very much for jumping on with uh, with Izzy and myself here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And hope you English boys Cheers, put up a good fight against the Kiwis in a couple of days, mate. <laughs> good luck. We shall see. We shall see. All the very best, boys. Nice to speak to you, Izzy. Nice All to right. see you again, Baz. Take care, boys. Take Thanks. care, brother. Love to the Duchess as well. Absolute champion. He is a legend, is Phil Tufnell. Hey? Voice. Isn't that voice just like... It just warms your heart, doesn't it? He's just an, he's an yeah. endearing man, I think. Is as soon as you heard That's that voice, you jumped up out of your seat. Oh, it's the great commentators. They have something that distinctive voice. Eh? It just really captivates you and brings you in, and 
that's what Phil Tufnell does, mate. As soon as he spoke, he, he spoke better. And, and his little take, out all night, sleep all day, kind of cat scenario, <laughs> man. He's a champion. Nine lives. And out I'm all sure night. there's many, many sleep. more. And we have to chat off to him off here and get the rest of the gravy because there's going to be some funny answers, I feel, coming from Phil the Cat. It's a great get, Bears. Awesome, mate. It's time for a Mick Cafe coffee catch-up. What a win. Watching Ray Green post. Uh, uh, win win the Trotting Cup race and seeing the emotion and his voice really hit home. The true meaning of owning a horse. You just can't beat it. Well done to Ray and the team. But it was Blair Orange that drove copy that for his second cut win. Second cut win. And Blair joins us this morning. Hopefully he's not too slow this morning. But good morning, Blair. Congratulations <laughs> on a very successful ride, mate. Yeah, g'day guys. Thanks so much for that. Mate, how was it? How was it? How was the, you know, post that race? I know you had a few more races to go post the, well, you had the one in the last. But how was it, mate? Did you, did you celebrate into the night last night and, and tell us a bit about that moment crossing the line and the win? <laughs> yeah, it's a, I suppose, you know, as a kid growing up, that's always the race you want to win. And, um, you know, it's just quite a prestigious race for, for Canterbury, New Zealand and Australasia. So, you know, as I say, it's hard enough to get a horse to drive in it, let alone one that you think's a winning chance. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. And, yeah, we, we, we had a few quiet ones last night to, to enjoy the moment. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Blair, it's, uh, it's Baz here, mate. Hey, um, during, during the running of, that, uh, of the Cup yesterday, were you well aware exactly where Mark Purden, who was a hot hand, I know he's good mates with you as well, were you aware where he was with the favourite and were you, were you comfortable that you knew you knew that you had him covered? Um, just early, mate. In the, um, after we got about 100 metres, I looked across to the inside and I thought um, Mark was actually going to settle in front of me, which was uh, not ideal, but um, luckily... Um, you know, I just asked my guy to run a bit faster early, and Mark got in a little bit, little bit more traffic after after that point, and you know that that was the key moment to just just be able to settle in front of him to um to, to have the upper hand, so to say. Mate, was it uh, oh, during the race? I know Labour probably gave you a helping hand. It pulled out just in front of South Shield and checked Mark Purden and. Mark Purden was humming down the outside and potentially going to match you up the front. But was that always part of the plan, part of the plan to lead all the way and put the pressure on the field? Yeah, look, once, once I'd stepped so good um, and, and found the front, it was, um, you know, one of those things you take all the risk out of play and dictate the race. And if you get beat, you get beat. But it was, you know, I had a couple of couple of plans in my mind, but... Um, yeah, once we found the front, that that was um, where we, where we were going to stay. And as I say, if they were able to beat me, well, so be it. But luckily, they weren't. Oh, it was the perfect race for you, mate. Congratulations! But tell us about Ray Green. I was watching him post that the emotion in his voice and his face. He was very emotional on the trackside TAB interview. You wouldn't have seen it as you were had another race. But what's he been like, mate? You spoken to him? Yep, caught up with Ray on the phone um, a little bit after the race, and uh, yeah, they, you know, Ray just loves the loves the harness racing sport in general and loves the horse, and yeah, it's 
I had quite a few people say to me actually how emotional Ray was on the on the TV, which which just shows you how um, how, how the racing game everyone loves it and and what it means to win such a prestigious race and you know especially at Ray's age and he's been around the world and won a lot of fantastic races but you know the New Zealand Cup always has a special place in everyone's heart so yeah I talked to a couple of boys from the farm actually up there with Ray and um, I think they're still going actually and um, really enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed the couple of days. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I completely agree with those. There were some great scenes after and amazing the joy that you were able to bring to to Ray and and all his family as well. Mate, we're going to let you go because I know you're probably highly in demand, but we really appreciate you joining us here as well, especially straight after you've been saluting the judges and and picked up another New Zealand Cup, mate. It's a fabulous ride and um, it it was great to watch. So thanks heaps for joining us, Blair. Yeah, cheers, bro. No, no, appreciate that, guys. Anytime.